Welcome back to another episode of Real Chumps, where chatting about movies feels like hanging out with friends. I'm your host, Marcel, and with me is my co-host, Danny. This week, we are doing things a bit differently. Instead of talking about a specific movie, we're going to be discussing and walking you through the 10-year history of Warner Brothers' attempt to create a shared DC cinematic universe. The Flash is coming out next week. As of recording, it's designed to be a bit of a reset to the universe, which led us to ask, how did we end up here? Big question mark. Yeah. <laughs> Resetting cinematic universe that hasn't really been fully formed. Exactly. I mean, and I think this is such a unique time and moment in film history. The rise and fall of studios in, in their efforts at attempting to create a shared universe um, that I feel this merits a discussion. Oh, 100%. And in this case, we're, we're going to be doing the DCEU. Like you mentioned, Flash is coming out. It's resetting a, a universe that was never really established. <laughs> Um, but keep in mind, there, there is a lot that has happened this past decade. Um, so this is a high-level look uh, of these events. We won't be able to hit every little detail, but we'll be hitting the main, the main points here. And, well, I mean, we, we went in and Marcel did the deep dive. He went down and he looked up numbers. He looked up all the stuff that we didn't even know about. We were reviewing for the script, and I was like, Wow. That's some real shuffling up in, in Warner Brothers exec offices. Oh, yeah. I, I think this is something that I've always been, like, I was very intrigued. I, I love, obviously, movies, but I'm always fascinated by, like, the business side of it. And yeah. I think as, as, as viewers, we forget that at the end of the day, this is business. This is a business. Like, decisions are going to be made that you don't like, that you do like, that are based on, unfortunately, like, gut instinct or based on data. Not often, but like it's a business. Yeah, <laughs> and it's and it's one that um, Warner Brothers, and particularly for this case that we're going to be discussing, DC has struggled with. Oh yeah, a few things. We're going to be doing this a little bit different. Yes. Um, if 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 you're watching on Spotify or listening on Spotify or anywhere you get your podcast, keep keep doing it. Thank you for supporting us again. We're so grateful to you guys. This is going to be more of a visual episode. Of a visual episode, yeah. So if you're able to see it on YouTube or on Spotify, awesome. If not, if you're just listening, you'll you'll hear the sound bites coming in in and out. Um, Correct. But yep. if you want the full experience, YouTube or Spotify. So join us as we look into the movies, the hardships. And the inevitable reset of this universe. So question of the day. Yeah. Are we hopeful for this reset? I am. I, I'm hopeful with a, with a, with expectations that are very low. <laughs> and and not, not, not because I don't trust James Gunn. Right. I think James Gunn, James Gunn is not the problem for me. Yes, it's not. It's, it's the directors and people who've been tried to helm. I don't think they've ever been the problem. Yeah, um, uh, well, uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But, but I think like I I'm hopeful, but I also have my reservations because we've been burned too much. Yeah, by Warner Brothers. I I feel more hopeful now than ever, and I think part of it is because James Gunn's behind the wheel and. He has, he's been through stuff and we'll, I think we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I think for me, I'm hopeful that they've learned, I'm hoping that they have learned a lesson and that they're in a better place than they were, I mean, what, 10 years ago? 10 years ago. 10 years ago? Yeah. We'll see. There's hope there. There's a new hope. 
put up a picture of <laughs> of the Obama New Hope, but it's James Gunn. <laughs> I'll see if I can find something. We have to get into mid journey and see if they'll, they'll do it. Marcel, where does this story begin? So our story begins in the mid two thousands. Due to the failure of Superman Returns, you remember Superman Returns in two thousand six? Oh boy. We won't get into that. But due to its failure, yet the success of The Dark Knight in 2008, Warner Brothers began having conversations to reboot Superman in 2008. Warner Brothers, they heard pitches from various comic book writers such as Jeff Johns, Mark Wade, Grant Morrison, Mark Miller, and, and various others. Now, Matthew Vaughn, who you may know as the director from Kick-Ass, the X-Men First Class, the Kingsman movies... Um, he shared that during this time, he had had very brief conversations about directing a Superman movie. This all is happening during the success of Iron Man from Marvel Studios. Now, Iron Man, let's let's be honest, he was not an uh, he was not an A list character. No. Yeah, he was a member of the Avengers, but he's no Spider Man. He's no X Men character. Like this is Iron Man, like a a, 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 a B class character. At the, yeah, at the time. At the time, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Marvel was shooting kind of the, out of left field. Oh, yeah. So, Warner Brothers would eventually greenlight a new Superman movie in 2010. After Christopher Nolan pitched a story to executives based on an idea shared to him by David S. Goyer. Now, Nolan went on to say, quote, he, Goyer, basically told him, dude, I have this thought about how you would approach Superman. Then... Uh, Nolan said, I immediately got it, loved it, and thought, this is a way of approaching the story I've never seen before that makes it incredibly exciting. I want to get Emma, Thomas, Nolan's wife and fellow producer, and I involved in shepherding the project right away and getting into the studios and getting going in an exciting way. Close quote. Now, in the fall of 2010, Zack Snyder was selected as a director of the Superman reboot. By January 2011, Henry Cavill was unveiled as the actor to portray the beloved Clark Kent and Superman. As excitement built, the film's official title, Man of Steel, was announced shortly after. Now, here's where it, it starts to get a little bit tricky. All of this that you mentioned was announced uh, at the end of 2010, early 2011. Yep. Uh, guess what movie was already in production at this time? Dude, I don't know. Actually, it was in, in post-production. Uh, Green Lantern. Yeah, that, that Green, Green Lantern. Lantern. Already, I feel like the cinematic universe is not quite on the right track. Keep in mind, by 2011, Marvel had released five movies. And they were in production for the Avengers to come out in 2012. There, there really is no evidence if Green Lantern was going to be the starting point of, cinema, of, of, of a cinematic universe, even with all the expanded characters and, and that cliff, cliffhanger post credit scene. Boy. But, but Warner Brothers was already, in my opinion, on a slippery slope here. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think this is something that was probably nerve-wracking to some oh, yeah. individuals because they, I mean, there's success after success. From Marvel. Oh yeah, and and not just success, but they it's a it's a planned success, right? Yes. Like they they're taking their time with the stories, with the characters. We're we're being led somewhere. Trying whereas to get buy in. Yeah. Whereas here it was like, oh, we have this Green Lantern movie. You know what? Let's let's throw a Superman movie. We'll make it work out. And it's like, eh, will you? But what happens with Green Lantern? Yeah, that's what we all know. <laughs> well, Green Lantern failed for many obvious reasons 
But at this point, it became clear that Man of Steel would lay the foundation for future DC movies. Its aim was to create a shared universe of DC characters on the big screen, similar to what the MCU had succeeded at. During an interview, Zack Snyder told Empire Magazine, quote, We didn't design the movie like Batman, but I don't think anybody would say that you design a Superman movie as a one-off. He later teased about his Superman movie, quote, In a weird way, it is also the DC world. I have been making references to the DC universe just to let you know that that world is out there. End of quote. Which we, we would go on to see in The Man of Steel. There's references to Lex Luthor, to Bruce Wayne, and, and, and others. Um, so establishing that, that, that universe. Which was exciting. Now, during this time, Empire also published that Justice League's movie was strictly dependent on how Man of Steel performed. And that Zack Snyder would re- direct again if the results were good. Careful attention was given to the details in the movie, and a lot was riding on it. Now, the reported budget was was $225 million. The movie had an opening weekend in the U.S. and Canada of $116.6 million. But in its entire run, it grossed worldwide a little over $668 million. Despite the received mixed reviews from critics and audiences, the film proved to be successful, capturing the imagination in audiences worldwide. If you haven't yet listened to our episode of Man of Steel, go check it out. It's a great one. It's a really great one. We had I, I fully enjoyed doing recording it and editing it. And I hope <laughs> you guys also enjoy it too. Now, these numbers led Warner Brothers to announce, in my opinion, very prematurely, their next big move at San Diego Comic-Con on July 2013. This is literally just a month after the release of Man of Steel. Those numbers that you just read, yeah, okay, the, that oh, six hundred sixty-eight million gross—that that's in its total run. Yeah. Okay. This wasn't like they made a decision to announce a new movie based on "quote unquote" the success of a movie that had been out for two, three weeks. Okay. I just. Uh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, at the convention, Sack and team, they delighted fans by revealing plans for an exciting follow-up featuring the epic clash between Batman and Superman. The film's official title, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, was later unveiled, sparking further excitement and anticipation among fans and moviegoers alike. I mean, I get that they wanted to do it because, like, that's a big, it would be a big win. Their hope is that the two characters would help write it to success because Batman and Superman. You, we want this. Yeah. Everyone has wanted this. And, and it's been teased for decades. I mean, there were several attempts at creating a Justice League movie before this, uh, at a Batman versus Superman movie before this one. So, like, we all wanted it. They wanted it. Yeah. But over the following year, in 2013, Will Bale, known for writing Gangster Squad, was brought on to write Justice League. He was later replaced by David Esquire after having written Man of Steel. But eventually, most of the writing would land on Chris Terrio's shoulder, as he was announced as the main writer in 2014. Now, Chris Terrio had just won an Oscar for Argo, which he wrote and was directed, uh, which he wrote and was then directed by Ben Affleck. It had been reported that due to the success of Argo and the relationship Terrio had built with Ben, that Warner Brothers really wanted Terrio to take lead on the screenplay. Now, from 2013 to 2015, casting took place for the rest of Just League, with Ben Affleck set to play Bruce Wayne Batman. Gagadot set to play Diana Prince, Wonder Woman. Jason Momoa set to play Arthur Curry, Aquaman. Ezra Miller set to play Barry Allen, The Flash. And Ray Fisher just set to play Victor Stone, Cyborg. This was a stacked cast. Super stacked. So stacked. Say what you will about these movies, but Snyder knows how to cast a movie. He's great at it. I think I think even if you look at like 
his previous films prior to this, he's really good at like with the source material, with what he's written to really write it to his actors or even just direct his actors to get performances that he's looking for. Yeah. No, he, this, and, and these, I mean, these individuals are, I think to me, some really solid cast. They felt good when they were announced. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they really did. Okay. So now in October, 2014, during a Warner brothers shareholder meeting, it's leaders announced a massive plan for their DC films, 10 movies, in addition to a Batman and a Superman film, so 12 total, all from 2016 through 2020. Look, there, there, there's nothing wrong with shooting for the stars, but I just, I, I'm not sure how well thought out this was. Uh, for me, there was excitement because if, if Marvel was able to do it, surely DC. Warner, Bro- Warner Brothers with, with better, I guess, resources could do it. Let's, let's look at these movies that were, that, that were planned and announced. So you had Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, being released 2016. Suicide Squad, also released 2016. Wonder Woman was scheduled to come out in 2017. Justice League Part 1, was, is how it was announced, uh, would be released as well in 2017. Then you had The Flash in 2018. Boy, that did not hit. Uh, Aquaman, also in 2018. Shazam, 2019. Justice League Part 2 would come out in 2019. You had a Cyborg standalone film. I was excited for that. Oh, me too. Uh, that, would, was, that was planned to come out in 2020. And then, once again, a Green Lantern movie in 2020. And then somewhere in that, in, 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 in that time, there would be a Batman movie and a Superman movie. Take a look at this list. Dude, I wasn't... Again, I was excited when this was announced. I, I was overwhelmed it, there was excitement yet we only got half of these movies half dude i know i remember when this 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 image came up yeah i remember thinking dude th- like my inner child my inner my me li- watching spider-man and then uh batman animated series superman animated series yeah. i was like Holy crap, like this is freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. And and this was a great time to be alive. Like we have the MCU, we've been announced this DCEU, like like it was just a great time to be alive. However, we by 2020, we did not get the Flash. No. Okay, we did not get Justice League Part 2. We didn't get Cyborg, we didn't get Green Lantern, we didn't get Superman nor a Batman movie. We yeah. We didn't even get a Justice League that we wanted. More on that in a bit. Now, let's discuss Batman v Superman, okay? Dawn of Justice. This is not a full review, um, but here's some of the numbers, okay? Budget was $250 million. Solid opening weekend in North America with $166 million. But despite those solid opening weekend numbers, the movie was destroyed by critics and the movie performed way below expectations. Total gross worldwide numbers came to 873.6 million look this movie should have been well over 100 a billion dollars yes it should have i mean two huge uh ips the two biggest comic book characters period yeah this should have been over this should have been a two billion uh grossing movie yeah i mean look there there's many reasons as to why you either like it or you don't like it or whatever but like 
it just didn't resonate. It, it did not resonate. It, it felt a bit convoluted. I remember just feeling like it was just a, a forced way to introduce the Justice League. Oh, yeah. And other characters. Like, here's the thing. I, I like Jesse Eisenhower in this movie as Lex Luthor. I might be the only person that does. <laughs> but I felt like I saw a moment in that film that felt like this could be something that I can see what they were trying to do. Yeah. And if they, if there was, you know, you know, maybe there was something exciting to come, even though I didn't love. And sometimes it, you know, like there were some letdowns in there and whatever. I mean, I think it felt like Batman rushed, you know, for again, convoluted, pushed, kind of forced into things. It just, yeah. it was, it was tragic. It, it was tragic. Look, unfortunately, or for, no, unfortunately, the way the movie was received led Warner Brothers to reevaluate the tone of their movies. And I don't think the tone was the problem. <laughs> but that but but here's what happened. Look, Batman vs. Superman came out March 25th, 2016. And filming of Justice League was scheduled to begin on April 11th. Warner Brothers, wanting to avoid another critical disaster, they go and they order SAC to lighten the tone of the script that was about to begin filming in literally Days. Okay. Now, executives also decide to go to David Ayer, who was less than four months out from a worldwide release of Suicide Squad. And they do the exact same thing. They demand that he go back and do extensive reshoots and massive re editing of that film. And during all of this, Warner Brothers forms DC Films to, to streamline the management of their franchise. Micromanage the that's a better term to micromanage the, their, their franchise it, it was interesting i mean yeah it was rough it was rough well i mean we felt it this is the beginning of some major repercussions if if you're watching this episode look it's gonna get i mean we've been trying to do cool graphics here um i'm putting my editing chops to work here but let's 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 get we're gonna get we're gonna be doing some huge shuffling right here all right here we go so this new division that i just mentioned was helmed by Jeff Johns. Now, he at the time was a creative officer of DC Comics. And John Berg, the executive pre vice president of Warner Brothers, was also brought on. They were going to lead this division. They were both appointed as co-leaders, although they reported to higher ups within the company. Johns reported to Diane Nelson, the president of DC Entertainment, while Berg would report to Greg Silverman the president of creative development at Warner Brothers. Now, Charles Roven, that name might sound familiar, he, he had produced every DC film since Batman Begins. He transitioned, rather he was forced into the role of, of being an executive producer. In a subsequent reorganization, Toby Emmerich was promoted to president and chief content officer, replacing Greg Silverman. By January of 2017, this is just Merely six months, Johnson Berg reported directly to Emmerich. You, you still with me? I mean, maybe, but this is a lot of shuffling. Okay? Uh, for, for any organization. Oh, 100%. Uh, that's just a lot happening there. So much. But let's take a break from that uh, studio shuffling and let's look at Suicide Squad. Because Suicide Squad, actually, I mean, it was an anticipated movie. Yeah. People were excited about it. I mean, it had a pretty stacked cast. Massive. But... Let's look at let's break down some of the numbers. Estimated budget was 175 million. Okay, North American opening weekend was 133.6 million. Eh. Total gross worldwide was 746.8 million. Okay, 
pretty decent. Yeah, great return. Karen. However, with massive reshoots, a stacked cast, a heavily marketed campaign, the movie did fine commercially. However, it was not critically received, nor do I think it was received by like the fans. Yeah. It felt poorly edited, lacked cohesive story, and David Ayer was very vocal as to the fact that this was not his final cut. The reshoots and re-edits were based on material from Jeff Johns, leading to a very different movie. While all of this happening, Justice League, in the middle of production, despite Zack Snyder's efforts to adjust the tone of Justice League, Warner Bros. remained dissatisfied with the film. Now, consequently, Johns and Burke were assigned to oversee the Snyder and provide quote-unquote guidance <laughs> although in a recent interview Snyder expressed that they were sent to babysit him and the cast josh whedon renowned for directing marvel's the avenger and avengers age of ultron was enlisted by johns to assist with rewrites and reshoots however whedon's involvement grew significantly leading to disagreements over the script that ultimately wore down snyder's resolve he would go on to say that he quote lost the will to fight end quote during arguments over the script additionally Additionally, John's collaborator with director Patty Jenkins to rewrite parts of Wonder Woman. That's some, that, that is stressful. That, stressful. It's challenging. It's, I don't know, demoralizing. Yes. Like to, to, to have this script, to have the, this, these movies filmed and, and, and principal photography take place. And then to just like, uh, look, Zack Snyder. Yeah, whether you like his filmmaking or not, like if you ever sit down, like if you ever watch him just like doing interviews, like he's he's like a like really happy, awesome he's human being. Dude. Like he, he is. Like yeah, he's a great guy. For him to say like he lost the will to fight on something that he was so passionate about, for for any creator, it's it is uh brutal. Yeah, it is. You you. To, to a level you feel defeated, to a level you feel like, why am I even doing this? Yeah. It is, it's rough. It's rough. But it's yeah. a business. It's a business. All right. Let's, let's talk Wonder Woman. It had an estimated budget of $149 million. Its opening weekend in North America was $103.2 million, solid. And its gross worldwide was $822.8 eight million this was the hit warner brothers was looking for wonder woman received positive responses from critics from viewers many claiming like myself that it was thus far the best of the franchise agreed look gal gadot chris pine the rest of the cast they were all incredible it did have a choppy third act in my opinion um but the movie resonated with viewers yeah it for it felt like the ec was on the right track for me yeah, I would agree. Now, a few weeks prior to the release of Wonder Woman, Zack Snyder stepped down as director of Justice League in May of 2017 to, to cope with, the, with his daughter Autumn's suicide. Whedon then assumed the role to oversee post-production and finalize the film. Whedon made extensive changes to Snyder's nearly finished cut, and he conducted substantial reshoots and omitting numerous previously filmed sequences. Uh, unfortunately, all these alterations did not achieve the desired outcome for Warner Brothers. As mentioned, both Suicide Squad and Justice League received negative reviews from critics, although the former was a financial success. Regrettably, Justice League underperformed at the box office, resulting in an estimated loss of $60 million for the studio. It's brutal. That is massive. 
look, but by, by the end of 2017, the development of a Man of Steel sequel was in a state of uncertainty. Now, Justice League November in 2017 had a budget of 300 million estimated opening weekend in North America, 93.8 million. Gross worldwide, 657.9 million. Look, let, let's look at these numbers real quick. Yes. We we you, we talked earlier, you talked earlier about like the numbers for for Batman versus Superman, which <clears throat> had a solid opening weekend i think it was yeah. like 260 million yeah but then it decreased because critics critics viewers were looking at it and they're just like this is just it's not resonating yes just League didn't have a solid opening weekend it started way like its opening weekend was under 100 million yeah I, for, for the justice league for characters we've been wanting for decades i think that we yes we wanted this we wanted to have it yet people weren't weren't they did not it, like it i think there was no trust we lost trust in the studio yeah and you can't give us something when we don't trust that it's going to be any good right plus all the controversy all over social media all all through the the back and forth with everything that was happening people knew look following the aftermath of that just league john berg departed from his position at dc films i mean you couldn't blame the guy. Yeah. In January 2018, he was replaced by Walter Hamada, who took over as the new head of division. The team at DC Films was welcomed, uh, also welcomed Chantel Nong as vice president. However, in June of that same year, Jeff Johns stepped down from his role, leaving Hamada as a sole leader. At this point, Warner Brothers decided to shift their focus away from the interconnected nature in the DC Extended Universe. Both Diane Nelson and Kevin Suzuhara emphasized the future films would prioritize individual character stories rather than maintaining a strong sense of interconnectivity. Look, which, and honestly, I was okay with. I was like, look, just do, just give us good, good films. I don't yeah. care if they're connected or not. Just give us good films. Yeah. Consequently, Justice League Part 2 was indefinitely postponed, canceled, <laughs> um, canceled. scrapped, um, sacked. I don't know where you want to go. Under Hamada's guidance, the studio decided to sever ties with Zack Snyder, who had originally planned a third Justice League film to conclude his five-film arc that began with Man of Steel. Following the release of Justice League, fans across the world began campaigning for the release of Snyder's original cut of the film, commonly referred to as the Snyder Cut. Oh boy, the Snyder Cut. I was, I was like, give it to me. This movement gained significant traction with the hashtag uh, release the Snyder Cut being heavily promoted by fans over several years. There were even members of the Justice League cast who also expressed their support for the, the release. Which is, just, I mean, just, there have been movies out there that have all had some sort of issue with like, you know, you have, you know, the director didn't get exactly what he wanted. Yeah, yeah. They get director, but like, this was like, people people and and also like the cast itself they wanted they re, they know what the work that went into it it was huge look that's a huge indicator that something is wrong mm -hmm. so industry experts doubted the likelihood of Warner Brothers granting the request but more on that later okay so let's step back a little bit remember that big announcement Warner Brothers made about the 10 movies plus a solo Batman and a Superman movie all the stuff our childhood dreams yeah. coming true all of it coming out within like five to six years. So yeah, that, that was not going to happen. 
let's let's take a step back to 2016, uh, April of 2016. Ben Affleck is signed on to direct and star in a solo Batman film. The project was going to be titled The Batman, but Affleck later stepped down as director in January of 2017. Matt Reeves was subsequently hired as his replacement. Affleck, still involved to start in the movie, right. would ultimately depart from the film entirely by January of 2019. This allowed Matt Reeves to reimagine the movie without connections to, to the DCEU. Which, uh, I'll be honest with you, this is a little tragic. I really love Ben Affleck yeah. as a Batman. I love that he was an older. I love the style that they gave to him in Batman v Superman, in his fighting, in his character, in his a little bit of like... He learned how to be efficient, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's something to, that that I like really, really wanted a solo Batman with Affleck that I think could have been really, really magical, and in an alternate universe. Oh yeah, yeah, and, there could be. Yeah, I think somewhere in the multiverse <laughs> that this movie exists, right? And people are enjoying it, and good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there's something unique uh, about like the established Batman. Yeah. He had had a Robin that was dead, right? Like, there's something unique about that that would have been cool to, like, explore. But, look, we ended up getting The Batman, which released in 2022. Uh, Matt Reeves, Batman. Um, And this serves as a reboot to to the series. Um, And it's launching its own franchise, a TV show, and and, and we're getting sequels. Which I think is great. Yeah, it is. Uh, Back to Affleck. He, he, He was going through rehab he was going through a divorce alcohol consumption but he eventually attributed his decision to retire from the role mostly to his negative experience working on justice league you can't blame the guy look as a him as a writer as a director as an actor to see that level of unprofessionalism of pushback this involvement from the studio that has to take a toll on oh dude like you of course, you you. I think not only that does it take it on him, but he saw Snyder. Yeah, I mean, you as a professional, as someone who sees, I mean, you were he worked on with him on set. I would imagine that they probably had text threads. Oh yeah, you know, like like him them trying to battle the struggle and them, but then you know them being separated and being kind of like falling apart. That like you're left alone. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we saw that. Look, Ben Affleck has become famous for his sad, ba- sad Affleck memes all over the internet. But we see that though, like it, it affected him, like in his day to day life. Like, what doesn't you know? You're you're at work and you have a project that yeah. you, you're being forced to do, and you're being uh, you know forced into something that you did not agree to. Who doesn't get defeated and depressed? Um, because you got a paycheck. Yeah, that's true. Nearly a year and a half after Justice League, we finally got Aquaman in December of 2018. Here are its numbers. 160 million. Opening weekend in North America was 67.8 million. Cross worldwide, though, 1.1 billion. Okay. Those are big numbers. Dude, huge numbers. Okay, finally DC has a film that hit $1 billion. Uh, I think for me, Look, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna revisit this movie, but I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> look, the Aquaman was a good time. It was three movies packed into one, so of course it's gonna pack in a one billion movie. Yeah, you, you're getting you're getting like a whole bunch of stuff happening for your for, for your money. <laughs> and and Jason Momoa's great. Oh, like Jason he, he's great. 
as as we currently know, he stole the show from Vin Diesel, <laughs> and he's pissed. <laughs> Look, Jason Momoa does when he he commits to a roles. Yeah, okay, and you can't go wrong with that. In September 2018, it was reported that Henry Cavill had parted ways with Warner Brothers, leading to a search for a new actor to portray Superman. This is the start of like the stack cast falling apart and like warning signs. More warning. Like, More. Oh like, no, we've had warning signs. Uh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but like the fact that like the the confirmation. Let the me say, the yeah, confirmation. The stamp. It's not. It's no longer red flags. It's literally the stamp. The confirmation, but also like the the main actor and character that that kicked this off, right? Yes. Imagine, and we saw this a little bit with like the AMCU when Robert Downey was like, oh, I, I've reached my my contract. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm going to come back. But then the MC, you know, Marvel worked with him to get him into the Spider-Man movies and to Captain America and, and, and whatever. And like eventually giving us that that resolution with, with his character. But DC decided not to do this with, with Henry. Freaking wild. So, Superman made a brief headless cameo in Shazam through the use of a body double, which was depressing. <laughs> Development on the Man of Steel sequel wasn't really going to take place, although discussions were underway for Cavill's to return as Superman in future DCU, DCEU projects. In February 2021, it was announced that Ta Nehisi Coates would be writing a new Superman film produced by J.J. Abrams. The film was expected to feature a black actor in the role of Superman. However, similar to the Batman, the movie's connection to the DCEU were later abandoned, placing it in a completely different continuity. Let's step back a bit to Aquaman. Right before its release, James Gunn was brought on board to helm a standalone sequel to Suicide Squad. The film would later be titled The Suicide Squad and released in 2021. Meanwhile, Aquaman and Shazam achieved critical acclaim and commercial success. However, Birds of Prey, a spin-off of Suicide Squad, and Wonder Woman 84, and the Suicide Squad themselves did not perform as well at the box office. Partly due to the impact of COVID-19, but also the movies itself. Let's, let's look at these numbers for, for, for these movies. Shazam had a budget of $100 million. Its gross worldwide was three hundred sixty-seven point seven million. Great, Great numbers. Great, Great numbers. Birds of Prey had a budget of eighty-four point five million. The lowest. The lowest of all DC films. Mm -hmm. And it sadly had a, a gross worldwide of two hundred five point three million. But at no, on a number scale, it wasn't like they didn't they didn't lose money. No. But well, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, you guess you could say something, but. For the most part, it wasn't something that did not receive any sort of additional love. Yeah, and 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 all of these estimated budgets are one estimated, but they're production budgets. This I've always been told this does not include marketing. Yes, and marketing should always be almost like seventy percent of the production uh, yeah. budget. So those are big numbers. And now Wonder Woman eighty four. <laughs> Wonder Woman 84. It had a budget of 200 million. It grossed worldwide 169.6 million. Look, I don't know if we'll ever review Wonder Woman 84. Never. And if you do, we'll probably have a Patreon by then and you can try to pay us to, to review it. Yes, I will watch that again <laughs> if someone pays me. I, I just, it took me like three viewings to finish that movie. I couldn't do it. We watched it one night just because the girls were really excited to watch it my, my young girls yeah and i was like super pumped because i'm like i loved wonder woman yeah, I'm like, the, first the girls great. are gonna like this is gonna be great i remember watching that and thinking 
what is this? I was so confused. Like I was just confused and like, how do you, how do you produce do you something from, like this? How do you, how do you go from Wonder Woman to this? And I don't blame Patty. Look, yeah, I, I don't fully blame. I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff that happened that we've discussed that shake out in these movies. Yeah. I mean, even in July, 2020 Ray Fisher, who portrayed Cyborg accused Josh Whedon of abusive behavior during reshoots for just league Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa supports supported Fisher's claims. Fisher criticized Walter Hamada for allegedly protecting Whedon and declared that he would not reprise his role unless Hamada stepped down. As a result, Warner Brothers plans for a cyborg film and Fisher's appearance in the flash were put on hold. This would lead to the fall of Josh Whedon within Hollywood. You you kind of talked about this with like the Justice League, but like <clears throat> with those reshoots, that involvement from from Joss from from the studio, like it it was great to have some light shed on the situation like this. Uh, it's unfortunate that it happened. It is, but uh, like, yeah. But people people need to know. Yeah, if, like this stuff happens. Like, w why would you wanna? Why would you wanna go through an experience? that is one of the most collaborative art forms that we've discussed and have a terrible experience. Oh yeah. I, I've been on small sets. I've been on projects with other people mm -hmm. who are, who are controlling or get frustrated. It is not fun. No, no. And, and you're spending like 14 hour shoots, yeah. right? For six, eight months. You like, live with these people. You live with these people. So it it's was unfortunate. Yeah. But let's talk about this center cut. Yeah. In May 2020, it was revealed that a director's cut of Justice League would be released on the newly launched HBO Max streaming service. To complete the film, several actors returned for additional photography. Clocking in at four hours, Zack Snyder's Justice League exists outside of the canon of the DCEU. Reviews from critics were mixed, although the major consensus was that it was much better than, than Whedon's theatrical cut. This was both a win for fans as well as an accomplishment for Zack and team who worked so hard and had the original movie stripped from them. Bolstered by the success of their campaign, Snyder's fans now turned their attention towards the urging Warner Bros. to restore Snyder's original version to, for the DCEU. They rallied behind the hashtag, Restore the Snyderverse. Similarly, they called for the release of David Ayer's original cut of The Suicide Squad prior to John's contribution using the hashtag release the Ayer cut. This campaign did not get too far, though. That's that's one movie I don't think we will ever. No, we will ever see. No, which is, I don't know. Sometimes I, for a little bit, I thought it was a little tragic. I don't know if I. I I mean I, look I I get that the movie had more like scenes with the Joker and that story of the Joker and, and Harley Quinn was more fleshed out. Um, but at the same time, like if it comes out, great. If it doesn't come out, great. Like, yeah. I'm like. I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So by 2021, Warner Brothers had once again altered their stance on interconnectivity. Okay. <laughs> and Sarnoff, CEO of Warner Brothers Entertainment, stated that future DCEU projects would have more connectivity. Additionally, DC Films expressed interest in developing spinoff series for DCEU films on HBO Max. Collaborating with J.J. Abrams, the platform began planning multiple series featuring members of the Justice League Dark with the ultimate goal of a crossover miniseries. This, too, kind of got stopped. Tragic. I love the Justice League Dark. Yeah, they're great characters. 
So in addition to the Batman, Warner Brothers gave the green light to Joker, which was directed by Todd Phillips. It starred Joaquin Phoenix. It's important to know that this film exists in a separate continuity from DCU. However, that movie did receive critical acclaim. It, it achieved box office success and paved the way for a sequel set to release next year in 2024. Some of the fed stuff are, I mean, uh, uh, Lady Gaga looking great. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that that'll be highly anticipated. No. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go for a third with those. Oh, yeah. With that, with that series. Perhaps even bringing Matt Reeves, Batman into play. Or, I don't know. No, Probably no, not. No, no, they're not going to do that. No. But look, by 2022, the DCEU expanded its reach to television with the release of Peacemaker on HBO Max. This series, held by James Gunn, received positive reviews from critics and loved by fans, including myself. Um, in this season finale, though, the Justice League made a cameo cameo appearance i don't know if you'd call it that i don't know some like puppeteering ezra miller and jason momoa reprised their roles the flash and aquaman respectively superman and wonder woman appeared via silhouettes while batman and cyborg were absent per warner bros request did you see that scene yeah i did yeah. look i i too like the show but that scene it just i don't know it just felt like you could see that james gunn wanted to bring the characters and warner brothers was like no you can't use we can't bring the actors for these characters. no there's no way there's budget for that there's no way you can like call up a friend and use my phone a friend yeah, right? <laughs> come on oh man Warner brothers okay so now in april 2022 discovery inc finalized its acquisition of warner media from at&t resulting in the formation of Warner Brothers Discovery. This is why they were not involved. Yeah, yeah. So taking the helm as the president and CEO of the newly formed company was former Discovery CEO David Saslav. Saslav, he, this guy wasted no time in his quest to establish a coherent creative and brand strategy at DC, seeking a, quote, creative and strategic SAR, end of quote, similar to, to Kevin Feige. His vision prioritized theatrical releases over direct-to-streaming content, leading to the cancellation of, of an HBO Max film centered around the Wonder Twins the following month due to concerns over its costly production budget. In, in June, Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi assumed the roles of interim co-CEOs and co-chairpersons of Warner Brothers Pictures, succeeding Emmerich. During the same month, it was anticipated that The Flash would, would mark Ezra Miller's final appearance in the DCEU following various controversial incidents and arrests involving the actor. Amber Heard, known for her portrayal of Mira in Aquaman and Justice League, found herself embroiled in controversy after a highly publicized defamation lawsuit against her ex-husband Johnny Depp, which she, she would lose. A petition calling for her removal from the Aquaman sequel garnered over 4 million signatures. However, DC Films Hamada and producer Peter Safran vehemently denied claims of reducing her role. In July, rumors circulated that Henry Cavill would make an appearance at San Diego Comic-Con to announce his return as Superman in the Black Adam film, a spinoff to Shazam that Dwayne Johnson had been attached to since 2014. However, the announcement did not happen, leading to fans becoming concerned about Henry's participation in the future. Now, I'm sure you love this drama, Marcel, because I know your love of... Give me all that drama, dude. Give it all to me. Look, Dwayne Johnson approached Hamada for permission to film a Superman cameo with Cavill, but Hamada declined, citing other ongoing projects like the Abrams and Coates Superman film we previously mentioned. Johnson then turned to DeLuca and uh, Abdi, the interim CEOs, who then overruled Hamada. Showcasing the leadership, we're still struggling to get on the same page. 
Cavill, which I mean, honestly, you can't blame him. They're yeah. like, you get, you know, things get, wires get crossed and everything. Cavill, Cavill, who had previously expressed his desire to reprise the role, filmed that cameo along with another for The Flash. Additionally, Ben Affleck returned to film a cameo as Batman for Aquaman in The Lost Kingdom, reportedly replacing a planned appearance by Michael Keaton. It was also revealed in October 2022 that a Man of Steel sequel had re-entered development. That was that was Henry Cavill's big announcement on Instagram. People were excited. We're all excited, dude. We want... we, we I mean, we talked about this. In the, it would be so good. Yeah. We just want Haraka back, girl. We, Haraka. <laughs> I would love if Haraka survived the explosion of Krypton. Just floating out there in space <laughs> with his bummed wing. Freaking Haraka. Oh, man. All right. So during the aftermath of this buyout, Saslav decided to cancel Batgirl, which had already completed principal photography and was scheduled for an HBO Max release. That was tragic. It was so tragic. I really wanted to see that Batgirl movie. Dude, I am truly shocked Oh, how, what they did with that. I don't, I truly don't know how they're, they've gotten away with it. They like, I've heard that they've deleted footage, like deleted, like, uh, so one of, I think, I don't know if it was the director, I'd have to find it, but I mean, like she, um, one of the individuals who was on it was, went to go try to get the footage. And luckily she, they had one of the versions that they had finished, hmm. but that when she went, they went back to try to get some other stuff, it was gone. So I don't know if they put it, uh, assuming like it was a the allegedly or the assumption was that that they, they did delete the, the stuff or and just got rid of it all they didn't even put it into archive or anything like that that's wild man which is freaking wild like what as any creative you having some sort of create like you you get on you every person get, that gets part of a product whether it's good or not for audiences, okay? I'm going to say this for yeah, right yeah. now. As an audience member, you may agree or disagree whether a film or uh, a series is good. Mm -hmm. But for the creators who participated, it is something that whether they personally agree or it was a journey and it's something that they appreciate. They, they made something. They made something. Right. Like, of course, you can have appreciation. Having this be something that they do. I mean, literally, like, it was done. It, well, it was done, yeah. Look, uh, some sources claim that Saslav was dissatisfied with the film's quality, but I think most people and, and most sources have suggested it was part of the studio's cut cost-cutting measures. Saslav has been very open that he he wants to like <laughs> make sure that Warner Brothers is is making is making money. Yeah. They were hemorrhaging like money uh, this past decade. But I've heard that apparently as a studio, you can write off canceled projects as tax breaks and end up saving lots of money. So why not, I guess? Going back to this, Hamada, he was not consulted about the cancellation of, of that Batgirl movie. So he contemplated resigning, but agreed to stay until the release of Black Adam. He, he had envisioned a crossover event based on the comic book storyline, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Reports indicate that a Supergirl film centered on Kara set to appear in the flash was unlikely to move forward under SAS Labs regime. And that's yet to be decided. During an investor call, days after the cancellation of Batgirl, SAS Lab outlined his goal to reset the DC and develop a 10-year plan for the DCEU, taking much inspiration from Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios. Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman were highlighted as the key players in this vision. 
As Hamada prepared to exit, Saslav began the search for his successor. Dwayne Johnson assumed an advisory role for the DCEU and expressed confidence in the franchise's future under Saslav. Johnson also eagerly anticipated the expansion of his own character, Black Adam, and a potential clash with Cavill Superman. He would actually go on to pitch a multi-year plan that centered around Black Adam and Superman. But his relationship with the studio began to deteriorate due to disagreements and hesitancy from executives to agree with his plans and his demands. Black Adam obviously did not prove to be the success nor the starting point to a future universe. Um, let's let's talk about some of these numbers. And, okay. and Black Adam. I, look, budget was $195 million. Gross worldwide was $393.2 million. Eh, like, it was okay. But at the end of the day, like, it took years for it to even come out. It took years. It, it was, it, it, he was caught up in all this stuff. Him, Johnson, despite the fact that I think he's doing some, I have my own opinions of like, I don't think he's, like, it's not the worst, but also he wants to put out, he wants to put out movies. However, this project, his desire for this was just forced. It was, it was, it was not, it's, it was all about him rather than D, the the universe and DC characters and the fans. Yeah, it was about him in in wanting to establish a future for DC, but in his way, yes. not in the way that that's best for the characters. Or you know, for you know, for the or like you said, for the fans, right? For, for the you know, for the people who made these characters. Yeah, it just and look on top of that, what uh, we have Shazam: Fear of the Gods numbers, which are the budget was one hundred twenty five million again. Pretty small, just a little bit more than they received yeah. last time. Gross worldwide was 133 million. Look, we, in our last episodes, we talk about this. Yeah. There's a huge thing the fact that, like, Black Adam screwed up Shazam, Fear of the Gods. Oh, yeah. There could have been something more. And it's tragic, truly tragic, that we didn't get something better because it deserved, it deserved something better. It did. It really did. In October 2022, James Gunn and Peter Safran were appointed as his co-CEOs of DC Studios, succeeding DC Films effective November 1st. This is a big win. This was a huge win. They were recommended for the positions by Michael DeLuca. The primary objective was to revamp DC's film and television properties, aiming to unify the various media offerings into a single franchise. He assured fans that they would have creative freedom without interference from the studio. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see. The two of them then spent the rest of 2022 finalizing their plans, which encompassed a span of eight to ten years. They then presented their proposal to David Zaslav, the head of Warner Bros. Discovery, in December. Now, o over the following months, several announcements, several news were, were leaked, including the canceling of a third, wo third Wonder Woman film by Patty Jenkins due to it not being in line with the new plans. They, they even sent her back to rewrite it and... It just, she said no. Uh, I don't blame her. Yeah, I don't blame her. They also considered ending Momoa's run as Aquaman, but with the possibility of recasting him in a different role. Henry Campbell no longer would be Superman, causing him to backtrack his previous announcement of his return. Dude, I remember that. Like, he made the announcement, which that announcement was made without James Gunn's, like, approval. He hadn't, James Gunn was, hadn't been appointed the the ceo at the time 
but like that decision was, I think, pushed by Dwayne Johnson to be like, yeah, yeah, go, go and announce it, man. And like without no one really approving it. Yeah. I feel bad for Henry Cavill. Oh, yeah. I think as a as an actor, he decides to, you know, leave The Witcher. Yeah. Which kills that. Right. To go to do this, hopefully to. To do more DC projects. To, to do more DC projects. Has it canceled on him again? I mean, is this the third? Second? Like the third time. Whatever. Now. I mean, yeah. like, come on. Poor guy. Like, and he's great. Again, if you listen to our episode on Man of Steel, like, he's solid. Yeah. He's great. He, well, he's great in what was given to him. Now, it's been 10, I mean. It's 10 yeah. years. You can't get a sequel to Man of Steel. Are you kidding me? A For sequel to, to Superman? Of course this was going to happen. Like, at some point, not that he aged out, but at some point, like, you you can't leverage your actors. Like, you can't go 10 years and be like, oh, like, let's let's try to bring this universe back. One of the biggest things, like, they, he had a, it was a good film. Why did this, I mean, because he was Superman, they wanted to have something huge, like, as a standalone to, you know, fit in the universe. They, to me, Henry Cavill really did get sacked in, like, the most terrible ways yeah. for this thing, and it's tragic. I hope whoever gets the Superman role gets, does not have to relive, doesn't have to go through what Cavill had to. Uh, yes, agreed. Um, uh, some of the other stuff that was announced during these few months was that the new Superman film would be uh, written by James Gunn with a younger version of the character. Uh, we previously mentioned that Gal Gadot uh, and Henry Cavill had made appearances in The Flash. Those were deleted. And also, obviously, uh, Dwayne's Black Adam would no longer be part of, of James Gunn's immediate plans. Okay, so by the end of January 2023, Gunn and Safran gave a sneak peek of the next decade's worth of movies and projects, leading us to this moment where we're at, where The Flash is going to technically reset everything. Now, and now keep this in mind... Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we talked about it in our, in our pilot episode, in our first episode, like the announcement, what's coming out, the, the Batman movie, the Superman movie. The fact that not only they were going to have this universe, but they were also going to be okay with having Elseworld, that they were going to have other universes or whatever at the same time, which I thought was super in, like wonderful. Yeah. I feel like it's okay that it, not everything has to be in this universe and that there could be other things be made. There could other things be made. We're also going into like obviously into the TV, TV space, uh, into video games, like everything's going to somewhat be connected. Uh, I, it was a huge announcement. Yeah. And even going back to like the previous announcement where they announced like 12 movies that would come out in six years, this feels more fleshed out. This feels more, more thought was put into this announcement. And it, that makes me hopeful. It makes me hopeful. Now, keep in mind, th th there's still Blue Beetle and Aquaman that are releasing this year um, that have ties to the DCEU, and all of these movies were, were obviously produced uh, prior to Gunn and Safran's involvement. That's a lot of info we've, we've shared right now. It's a lot. It, it, we, we've taken you on a journey. We've taken you from the understanding that like the excitement of the first announcement of a reboot of Man of Steel to the tumultuous journey of 
studios wanting to make money and trying to play catch up. Trying to play catch up in such a failed effort. Like, I think for me, this is my opinion. The, we are where we are at. Yes, we talked through this, the involvement, like you mentioned, the idiotic bureaucracy of the executives. Bureaucracy. <laughs> of these executives. And I just think, I don't, I don't, a lot of people, you get on Twitter, a lot of people blame Zack Snyder for like his efforts of making a, a darker tone movies. I, I don't think that's necessarily, I think that played to it, sure. But it, it just, you need, you, we we live in a world we live in a time where movies just now are so interconnected and you can't half bake these things and f starting we talked about it starting with green lanterns coming out but yet we also want to do a superman movie where we want to build the universe a cinematic universe it's it just no one was really at the helm look we talked about the shuffling but what we what i want to reemphasize is that for many of the execs, they did not look at this at the DCEU. They looked at it as movies that were connected, but they did not plan some... They, they wanted these movies to come out in a plan, but it wasn't necessarily like a thing that some... Like that all the execs had a the goal for that. Yeah, they, they, they looked at it as how can we catch up and how can we make a quick buck, right? Yeah. Let's, let's do Batman versus Superman. I strongly believe that that, that announcement that Zack Snyder made... Um, in, in at San Diego Comic Con a month after Man of Steel, I believe that was really forced by the studio. Um, and and Sack said, "Okay, yeah, I'll we'll figure it out. If that's what you want, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out a story where we can incorporate Batman and Superman going at it." Yeah. And that story, whether you like it or not, like it just it didn't resonate. Yeah. This this. I think that part of it, and you, you, you said that this, that we live in a world, I think part of that is that this world, DC particularly, and Warner Brothers trying to tackle this, um, this journey and their financial struggles as Warner Brothers and what they've had to deal, plays in the fact that like Marvel and then Disney mm -hmm. took, they were underdogs. Yeah. And they tried to do something and they said, look, we're going to do something, but all we're going to try to do is tell good stories and, and give people characters that have been fan for give people the, the characters to, in a live action film that have never been told before. And we're just going to do the best we can. Yeah. And, and I think that's where they hit them. They missed the mark here. They really wanted to play catch up. They, they didn't know how to how to do it and they said let's just bring them all at once um and and i think that's why like aquaman and, and wonder woman and shazam did so good because these were characters that we hadn't seen on screen and we took our time to to introduce them to get to know them rather than just forcefully because, bringing them in because all the big hitters all the a-listers were being shoved in to try to to be like oh of course they, these are ips is here Look, I'm grateful that Gunn is at the helm. He 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 experienced what many of the DC film Snyder and these other individuals faced at Marvel because not them because Marvel is now facing some of the struggles of growing into something that's large 
and has set a tone and they're trying to recreate something that they did. But forgetting that like it's no longer about that, that forgetting that that shouldn't be fo always focused. Not that it's not about making the money mm -hmm. because it is, but it's allowing the freedom for the creators, for the, the, the individuals who are at the helm of trying to tell the stories and partnering with the directors and the writers and the, the actors to make it an experience that is enjoyable for people. Oh yeah. And, and I think I've said this before on the show, there is no one has a harder job in Hollywood right now than James Gunn. No one, no one. And like, think about it. Like he is building out a new, once again, a new film studio. Okay. DC films. These, is that what they call it? Yeah. DC films. Um, and he's trying to once again, gain the audience's trust and, and get us invested because we've been burned by DC. We've been burned by these movies, by, by this cinematic universe. And, and like his work is not only to create great stories, hire the right directors, the right writers, um, bring a cohesive story, but also like win us back. And, 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 and for me, like, yeah, like I'm all for James Gunn, a hundred percent. But I think most people are just kind of like, oh, oh, is this DC or is this Marvel movie? Oh, it's a DC movie. Well, they haven't been good. And, and so like it's, he has the hardest job, but he's also the best suited man for the job. Like you said, he's first and foremost, a creator, a director, a writer, who's now become an executive. There is no one in Hollywood who has this position. Kevin Feige's not a filmmaker. Yeah. Kathleen Kennedy, head of, head of Lucasfilm. She's not a filmmaker, great producer, great great at managing studio heads and, and managing expectations, budgets, but she's never written. She's never filmed. Neither has Kevin Feige. However, James has. And I think he is in a position to really make a solid impact in, 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 in the industry. I mean, time will tell. Yeah. I'm excited for the flash. I, I am not only am I excited for the flesh, I'm excited for Blue Beetle. I rewatched the trailer recently <laughs> and I'm like, I'm I I am I'm hopeful. And and I I think I what I just want and I and I'm and I'm like you said, he's the he's a person who can hopefully be the advocate for the people who are making the films and doing things and say, look, just trust us. Yeah, yeah. Even if a film doesn't do well, at least they'll, at least there will be, I think that even if a film doesn't do well number wise for whatever reason, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as long as they can provide a good, like a good story and something that, that is, that they can be proud, like as a studio, they're proud of. Um, because I think that at that, if they do that, that the people will begin to have trust and that in the future, they're gonna have wins. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And that they'll they'll have a make they'll make a movie that they were very they'll that they will under there will be an underdog like a Wonder Woman or mm -hmm. whatever. Or and become like, you know, some other person's gonna come in like a James Gunn <laughs> for the DC and create a film that people are gonna be like, man, that was fun. That yeah. was exciting. 
I loved it. I can't wait for the next one. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I too am excited for the flash. I, I'm also keeping in mind that like <clears throat> the decisions that were made about the flash in resetting, those weren't James Gunn's decisions. Yeah. I think that was decided prior to him becoming a uh, CEO. Yet he seems like he had a lot of involvement in, in not a lot of involvement, but a lot of input in, in the post production and, and editing of it. Um, and, I mean, and, and like they you said, should have. It took freaking yeah, man. How many years did we? It was supposed to come out in twenty eighteen. Boy, rough. Um, but I, I also think, and this is maybe this is me getting on on my soapbox. Here we go. Oh, a good Marcel soapbox. <laughs> I think audiences, viewers who are listening to this, keep in mind. I think if if the Flash, if the Blue Beetle, um, if Aquaman, don't do well. This is not a reflection on James Gunn. These movies were were produced and, and, and were in post-production before he arrived. I think he's tried to give input on maybe some reshoots. Um, I, I think Aquaman is now officially done, but they've, they've pulled out scenes from it. We can't expect that James Gunn has come in and been like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fix all these. He, he hasn't, not on these three upcoming movies. Yeah. Um, I think we should hold our criticisms and our judgment after Superman Legacy comes out, which is going to be the first one, which he's writing, which he's directing. Um, I think we we have to be patient with this new DCU. Yeah. We have to be patient and we have to... Uh, I hope the execs are patient. Yeah. Like, I hope that James Gunn can... That people... That the, you know that um you know james Gunn and peter can help um warner brothers uh and and give them give them hope in them them as they get into their phasing and i think they have i mean i felt to me when james gunn came on twitter and i saw his video i felt that there was something different about it it felt better. It felt like they were trying to be thoughtful. It felt like they have a plan, but they're not 100% sold on where things are going to play out. Yes. Yes. And that's okay. And that's okay. And in and, and contrast, look at how DC announced their plans that we talked about, right? How Zack Snyder had an idea of what he wanted to do. And this is not a criticism at Snack. At Snack. At Sack. Good old Snack. I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't a criticism at Sack. It's it's more of the fact that he wanted to kind of be the head of of, of, on the creative side. And I think had he been given that, I think we would have had a better fleshed out story and, and direction. But he wasn't that. And he was never hired to be that. He was an executive producer from various of, of, of the fame, of his films, of those films, but he was not put in as a Kevin Feige. Right. And I think when you don't have a clear head at, at the top to kind of guide all these things, that's where all this convolutedness happened. That's, where, DC's, you, we went through we this. We went through it. Yeah. But we just talked about this. DC shuffle after shuffle after shuffle never had at a moment, really anyone where, you know, that was helming something that was to be a creative. It was like people, they said they wanted this, but mm-hmm. then they had other people doing other things, 
right? They were reporting to other people or, you know, like so, someone else had an idea of what they wanted to do with it. Right. And, and it's just, it, it was a struggle from the start. And I mean, look, this, this is like business management one-on-one. Like <laughs> you just need to have a, a, a good, clear understanding of what your goal is. And I don't think that was really ever well defined with, with man of steel and, and, and everything that happened after. DC never took a moment and said, they were like, okay, well, we, we've been doing this for, for years. We don't need to do something. We don't need to check in the aspect. But we're in, a, we're in a, an economy now where direction, where content is on a daily basis is being uploaded, consumed at a billion, billions of hours. Mm-hmm. Millions of hours. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's billions. It's freaking wild. You know, I don't remember what the last time this that was, how many hours of video were being uploaded to YouTube. Entertainment, uh, knowledge, and stories are being produced at a scale like never, ever before. Hmm. And as a studio, it can no longer not have somebody like yeah. a, Josh, a James Gunn or a Kevin Feige or... Whoever else is out there. I mean, I don't know who's at A24, but whoever's over at A24 is doing a good job. <laughs> okay. Um, but that's just that because if you don't have someone who can, who, who understands or can have a vision, you, you're just, I don't know, you're something. You're just producing stuff that if, if again, your goal is to have a shared cinematic universe, you're just producing stuff that's not hitting, that's not shared. Yeah. And and it's convoluted, and it's just it's unfortunate what's happened. Again, I'm hopeful, I'm excited, um, but it's been a rough ten years. It's been a rough ten years, so rough, dude. I forgot, I forgot that there was a that that JJ Abrams was gonna do that through men. Yeah, and and Perfect. I mean, and it's supposed to, like supposedly still happening, right? But like it, it what like they didn't announce it during January's big announcement, right? So. It, it's interesting. I, I'm one of those people who I'm, I'm not like a, I'm an MCU fan or I'm a DC fan. No, like I love both. And the success of one can only bring success to the other. So like I'm I'm very much on the side of like, give us wins. Give us wins. Like I want both studios to succeed so that we can continue to have content and, and movies produced that, that resonate with audiences, right? Um, I, I didn't grow up just reading DC. I grew up reading both and and another uh, DC uh, other comic pu- uh, publications, so it's just like as audience like we want both to succeed. I want both to be successful. Yeah, I mean, if one succeed, that means there's at least not necessarily like a roadmap, but like that stories are still important, and um, and more importantly. <laughs> Which also has a cold. I still have this darn cold. <laughs> no, I hope that you enjoyed this episode today because we had a lot of fun. Pretty, Marcel did a lot of work putting this together. I'm going to have a lot of work. You have a lot of work to edit this together. Yeah. But more importantly, it's an excite, exciting time. Even then, even despite all the ups and downs, I am still so happy that I can to say I was part of the people that said I wanted the Snyder I wanted the Snyder cut. Yeah. And that like we got it. And 
that even though there was flops and there was back, you know, that Wonder Woman, I wouldn't, 84, I would never watch again. Um, unless we get paid. <laughs> unless someone, someone says, you should review it because we want your opinion. Um, but it is, it's, 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 um, it's just great. Like you said, I, I love both and I want both to succeed Yeah, because both have different points and stories to be told that will resonate with different people. And that to me is what filmmaking is about. Boom. There it is. Look, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Um, let us know what you thought about this. This is a different way of, of what we envision to do with our, with our podcast, but let us know. We want to hear from you. Um, what elements have you liked from, from the DC films this past decade? What haven't you liked? We want to hear from you. Uh, feel free to get in touch with us via email at yourrealchumps.com or connect with us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, or YouTube at RealChumps. You can also follow Danny and I on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as Marstrosity, M-A-R-Z-T-R-O-S-I-T-Y. I'm on uh, Rubio underscore TV. Please rate us if you liked this episode or any of the episodes whether or hated it wherever you get your podcast because we'd love to hear from you. Join us next week. We are, I mean, all of this, we watched Man of Steel. We did this breakdown. We're doing The Flash next week. So all of this has been leading up to this reset. So come back and we're going to talk The Flash. Later. We'll see you.